With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. All right. All right. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Here's in the bonus. Good afternoon, Doug Gottlieb in the bonus. And uh, I really appreciate those of you who have stopped me this weekend and go like, hey, the in the bonus thing? Kind of dig that. Well, we do too. Uh, it's our only chance to be organic and we don't have any sort of rules and all this other stuff so uh crazy weekend college football not not terribly crazy in college football i don't think it was crazy in the nfl although there's some really good storylines baseball i guess friday night you had the comeback right of the the phillies and then the astros uh won in game two so now we have game three and four we have halloween as well in front of us we have some nba the lakers finally won a game Stop me if you heard this before, but Kawhi Leonard nursing an injury and coming back into shape. Anthony Davis hurt. Like all the guys that are usually hurt are already kind of hurt. Right? So we're, we're filming along all those different storylines. 
Um, uh, I, I guess Broncos Nation, let's ride. They they rode their way to victory. Just so uncomfortable, so kind of cringeworthy. Falcons beat the Panthers. P.J. Walker is going to retain his spot as the starting quarterback of the Panthers, even though they lost to the Falcons in overtime. That one's interesting because Sam Darnold still not getting a chance and Baker Mayfield not getting a chance. So Steve Wilkes is going with, I guess, the hot hand in a in a P.J. Walker. That That one is... Is interesting to me. Cowboys dominate the Bears, not surprisingly. Dolphins beat the Lions. Uh, Lions can't score in the second half. Didn't score a point in the second half. So they have the lead. Get some stops in the first half. Got stops in the fourth quarter, but couldn't score any points. Vikings beat the Cardinals. The big news, I think, is that I was 9-1 and one over the weekend, Jay Stu. That's the big news. Is that I gave you guys 10 picks and 9 of them hit. That's a hell of a weekend. 5-0 and oh on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um... I'd like to do the I told you so. And we've got a snippet from Friday. Because there are a lot of people that are like, yeah, anybody could say that they gave me five picks, but we've got the receipts. So we're ready for that. <laughs> we have the receipts? No, I mean, we, I, I have the five picks. That we, we, we broadcast them. We wrote them down. We tweeted them out, right? Do we need more? All right, sure, we need more. I, I told you so. Get everybody on message. And now. A ticker tape parade? Like what? I told you so. Why? Because he had talent. Finally nailed it, Gottlieb. <laughs> Let's get to some college picks, shall we? Give me Arkansas. Road favorite Arkansas. Road favorite Oklahoma. Road dog Notre Dame. Road favorite West Virginia. Home dog Penn State. Those are the college picks. I will fully admit that a couple of those, the TCU won a late score, helped me out, and uh, Penn State, uh, it looked, it got bad in a hurry, right? All of a sudden, they were in the game, then they were down three touchdowns, then they scored late. But, hey, 5-0 and is 5-0. and Do we have college picks as well, the NFL picks as well, or did you only do the college if I told you so? No, I like the way you had a concise wrap of the college thing, so yeah. I just grabbed it. it and was I didn't have a concise you know? wrap of the pro picks? No, but okay. Jacksonville is your only <laughs> miss. Jackson's only miss. The Jags in uh, London. The Jags are near miss. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it was. Um, I guess the news of the day, which which combines with Saturday college game day at Jackson State, is that Auburn has fired Brian Harson, their head coach. And I have a pod that'll drop tomorrow, an all ball pod, with um, Justin Fuente, who's the now former coach of Virginia Tech. He was the head coach at Memphis as well when they were really good, and he talked a little bit about about it, which is we all think of these coaches and what they make in terms of their, uh, their buyouts. Right. And what happens is we, we think these coaches are super, super, super greedy. Uh, and maybe some of them are Brian Harsid's going to be owed $15 million, which will be due in the next 30 days, 15 million. Um, by the way, they also paid $5 million to buy out Kevin Steele, his defensive coordinator. $41.5 million in buyouts from Auburn because they still owe Gus, uh, Gus Malzahn money and now Brian Harson money. So it's $15.5 million. 50% uh, is due within the next 30 days. This is from Chris Vanini. No offset for other jobs. So he's getting $15 million, $15.5 million. He's getting, you know, 
about eight million here in the next thirty days, and then the rest will be pay out, paid out. He may take that money early. Everybody says take it early, right? And you can live off that. And I and I know what you're thinking. You're like, dude, fifteen million dollars to get fired is great, and it is. But you also have to understand your family's going to move. Like you get fired, you get paid all that money. You're not staying in the same house. Sometimes guys do because they can't sell it. Because when they come to town, they you kind of. He's sort of forced to buy in a big house, having people over, also looking the part of the head coach. Like head coaches don't live in apartments to save money and just stash it away. Like that's not how they roll. Maybe even they should. But you, that, that money that's a buyout is there not because you ever expect to make it, but because it's there to protect you from you have a bad year and they can't get rid of you. Basically what's happening with Texas A&M. That's what... We've now reached that point to where the only way you're going to not get bought out for a bad year or a year and a half is if you have the money so crazy like they have it at Texas A&M. That's it. It's the only way. So I understand that most of you are sitting there thinking this is like executive compensation. And when the company's not doing well, why should you get a golden parachute? But but the point is, in order to do the job, it it doesn't turn around overnight. Like, SC has been able to do it, but part of it, it's USC. Part of it is that league is not very good. And USC was just, they were close. They weren't terribly well coached, and they have some energy. And the, the, and the, and the, the, the schedule isn't as difficult as it was previously. And Lincoln's really good. And the transfer portal. But it's hard to flip a thing that quickly. You can flip it quicker than you used to be able to, but then you're going to have to start flipping kind of every year. So, you know, the Brian Harsh thing, which leads us to, will they hire Dion? If I'm Nebraska, if I'm Nebraska, I think Dion should be my number one target. And I know what you're saying. Hey, Dion doesn't fit with how Nebraska's always done things. My answer is, and the the days of them lining up with gigantic offensive linemen and then going and getting triple option backs. Like I, 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 do I think maybe you can be different that way than everybody else? Yes, you can be different from everybody else. And you can, if you want to go back to triple option football, I guess, which some of this, some of this spread, Zone read, that's all it is. It's 11 on 11, and the quarterbacks now are better than they've ever been because they have a more diverse passing game than in the, the old days of the wishbone. But what Nebraska ha- what Nebraska doesn't have is any, what is my reason to go to Nebraska? What is my, what is my reason? What is my why? When people ask you why, and the, hey, it's an opportunity to play. Okay. The problem is you're going to have equal opportunities at anywhere in the Big Ten. And frankly, if it's anybody from the South or anybody who's really any good, you got the opportunity of the SEC, you got the opportunity of the ACC, you got the opportunity of the Big 12. What separates Nebraska? Facilities? Okay, they're great. They're great a lot of places. History? Okay, it's great, but it's not necessarily recent. Location absolutely doesn't do it for you. So I, I think that Dion fits there. Uh, the Dion at Auburn, he does fit the South more. And it g- does give them some, a, a one-up on Alabama in terms of, hey, we play for the greatest coach of all time in Nick Saban who just 
prints out the ability to get you to the NFL if you just buy in for a couple of years. And this would give them a different cachet, a different sort of quality. Um, I think the issue would be, like, his son is going to come and will start at quarterback. And I think he's pretty good. He's having, obviously, a great year at Jackson State. But this is a dramatic step up in level of competition. And I don't, I don't know how he assimilates. I haven't, I'm not a quarterback guru that's going to break it down. I can watch and tell you what I think. But I do know that he was being recruited at the Southern Miss level more so than the SEC level. And I do wonder if now you, you get to this higher weight class and it's an adjustment. Do I think Dion works at Auburn? I don't know the inner workings. My friends, there are like, he's a departure from how we've done things, but people seem to be willing to try. Dion is, on many levels, about Dion, but he also at least seems to be about the right things for the players, you know, about how he, how he talks the real talk about how they handle themselves off the field, about how much they're on their phones, about how important everything else in their life is. He seems to like, I, I, I wish I could sit there and pick parts of, uh, and find faults. I can't find it. But I also know that the cachet of Dion showing up in the sec, like, look, my assumption of the sec is that level of player is going there for three reasons, right? Can I get to the how, how can I get to the NFL and be a high draft pick? Can I get NIL? Where, where can I get the most or close to the most NIL money? And can I compete for a championship? And yes, Auburn has obviously you're spending all this money on former coaches, thirty seven million dollars, you know, on uh, plus plus. Uh, plus Kevin Steele, so it's $41.5 million on guys who don't currently coach at the university. They're willing to spend the money to find the money. But so, so is the everybody, else, everybody else in the SEC. Can Dion say, hey, I can get you to the league and seen differently because of the respect that my name carries? Yes, maybe. I'm not sure. Look, he's got better players than everybody at Jackson State than who he's competing against. It's it's why Saban should never leave Alabama unless he goes to some other place. It's why college coaches shouldn't leave college if they want to go to the NFL. Because you can have better players than the opponent nine times in ten. That's half the battle. But in, in the SEC, it's a little bit harder. It doesn't mean he's the only one, but you have Georgia's already got that thing up and rolling. Alabama's got that thing up and rolling. A&M, recruiting-wise, it's a bit of a mess right now, but part of it is they have so many young guys, it's up and rolling. You know, LSU, I think that machine is kind of up and rolling. So you're you're stepping into a, a weight class where Dion would be the only, and Dion, for anybody who's watched or remembers, like that guy's inarguably the greatest cover corner of all time, but also one of the most profound personalities the NFL has ever produced. Right? Like he's worked for every network two times over, and done it kind of his way. So that he's a he's a different cat than any of these other former NFL players. He's done the deal at Jackson State. If you can do it at Jackson State, you can do it anywhere. But the recruiting impact he brings at Auburn, I don't know if it's felt as much as it would be if he was at Nebraska. In Auburn, you're throwing a shark into a pool of sharks. And even though they're ahead of him, at Ohio State and ahead of them at Michigan and recruiting. There isn't anybody like Dion. And nobody like Dion. 
I don't think there's really anybody in the SEC, but the difference is the SEC machine is kind of already working for those guys. I think he's such a departure from everybody in the Big Ten. It might work better in Nebraska. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And now... Every day at this time, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We play for you a portion of a previous show on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports 1. This is Craig Carton in the TV show called Carton on uh, Zach Wilson, the Jets on Fox Sports 1 this morning. I understand you're an inexperienced quarterback. I get it. Yeah, yeah. You're going to make some mistakes. Right. I get that. But when you're loosey-goosey with the ball, when you claim to be trying to throw the ball out of bounds and you decide instead to throw the ball to McCourty, who only has 30 interceptions plus in his NFL career, right. you, you got to start asking the questions. And the question is, is Zach Wilson an NFL quarterback and can I ever trust him? It's one thing when you complete 10 passes and right. your team wins because Brees Hall runs uh, for damn near 200 yards. Right. It's easy to say stats don't matter. We won the game. I'm down with that. When you're the reason they lost the game, stats do matter. Interceptions do matter. Now, I agree. His 355 yards don't matter because you lead the Jets down the field enough times to win the game. But those three interceptions matter because they're A, drive killers. B, you put your defense on the field far too much. And this game, the Jets' defense did their job. That kid didn't. Uh... Yeah, I, I think it's one of the things that's get, that gets lost in the Jets' start to the season is Zach Wilson has still, it hasn't hit yet. And I don't know if it will hit. And he's kind of riding everything else that's been taking place. Soft schedule, good wins, defense, special teams, whatever. And And look, do I think Craig pays attention to the entire league? No, but he knows that the Jets better than anybody. Jets and Eagles, he knows better than anybody. And he's right. He's watched every snap, and he does not look he does not look like things have slowed down for him in year two. Here's Brady Quinn on another young quarterback, Tua Tungavailoa. Tua has such a good knack for, you know, feeling windows when they're opening, being able to shape a throw, meaning being able to throw a ball with touch. Like, he doesn't have a Josh Allen arm, so it's not going to be a laser, but he can layer a throw in there over a defender that drops to his intended receiver. And you, you saw a couple times for some touchdown passes, Kosicki in particular, yesterday. But he has this just this knack of kind of bouncing the pocket, seeing the field well, seeing the windows open. And I think one of the better things he does is keep his eyes downfield. Like, he's a guy who's sustained a lot of hits this season. And even, even in doing that, he's come back and he's still remained confident in his ability to keep his eyes downfield, not be impacted by the rush, and look for Tyreek Hill and look for Jalen Waddell. But, um, you know, that's been one thing that's, that stood out to me. I just think the overall development with Mike McDaniel and the confidence that Mike McDaniel has given – Tua, because you see him playing with that, and you see you know Tua executing the scheme perfectly. Uh, I would agree, and obviously yesterday, you know, you cut up that film and you say this is what we want, we hope for the future. I think the other part to, to point out though is that the Lions might have the worst defense in football. So is that? And look, they got a couple opportunities here, right? You got Bears on the road. It'd be interesting to see you know what the weather is like this weekend. I think it's supposed to be nice in Chicago, but if it was bad with with his arm. 
Then you got Browns at home. Then you got Texas at home. And then it gets real. End of the year. I mean, think about this. This is their last six games. At Niners, at Chargers, at Bills, Packers at home, at, at Patriots, Jets at home. That is not an easy finish. So I, I think Tua has won over more people this year. And Brady is usually a pretty tough judge of, uh, of, of quarterbacks. Um, and, but let's be honest, like he was bad against, you know, he was bad against Cincinnati. And obviously he got hurt in that game, but he was bad. And there have been some games in which he's been really good and some games which he's just been okay. He's got a, an outstanding cast around him. I, I think what I, you're seeing from Tua is because he has a coach who knows, how, knows what he does best, he's being put in position to succeed, and by having some success, he's, he's gaining confidence. And by gaining, regaining confidence, this is the best of Tua. It, what, here's what we're going to get to. I think Tua is a modern day, a modern day, a 2022 Chad Pennington. Really bright, really accurate, but just lacks the overall arm talent to be super elite. Also lacks the athleticism to be super elite and the size. There are a lot of similarities there. I think Pennington, remember Pennington, he just had struggles with his arm, but was accurate, respected, winner, tough, etc. The difference is Tua was drafted fifth overall and people thought he'd be the number one overall pick. But this is the best of Tua and I think it comes down to scheme and, and confidence and that's kind of what Brady is saying as well. Here's Colin Cowherd on the Bills. Buffalo, your standard now is different. Winning games over a depleted Green Bay team with extra rest when they're falling apart is not impressive. Sorry, that's the downside to success which you've had very little of. That once you're really good, yeah, we, we, we tax the rich guy more, we judge the rich guy differently, right? We do the same with sports teams. Buffalo, you haven't won anything yet. And the standards and the stakes are now high. Josh Allen, to his credit, owns it. Green Bay outplayed Buffalo for two and a half quarters. Had no business when that game started in the first quarter. Didn't it look like a 41-13 game? It should have been. And instead, 27-17. Buffalo, tons of mistakes didn't put the foot down, just like Kansas City last year. Thought they had it. Uh, yeah, I also think that the Packers aren't as bad as their record would tell you. It's a pretty good football team. And what the Packers were trying to do yesterday, and in many ways they executed, was run the football, shorten the game. This is how they want to play. Like, I, I, I'm, I may be the last one holding, that right now is a great time to buy stock, but I actually might buy some stock in the Packers, even at three and five. And you're like, really? They look bad. They have. This is probably rock bottom for them. They get the Lions, Cowboys at home, Titans at home, go to the Eagles, Bears. Like, they got to crank it up. They got Lions twice. Uh, they have one more with the Bears. Um, and and those are those are their, their three absolute got to win those games, right, to get them to six. They're going to have to get to 10 probably to get to the playoffs. And, you know, I would like, I like their matchup with the Rams because it's at home. I like their matchup with the Titans, you know, even though the Titans are good yesterday because it's at home. If they can get to 10, they'll be fine. But I, I we, we have this thing because they've lost four in a row. We're going to sit there and, and say the Bills have to blow out the Packers. It wasn't a crazy competitive game. And the Packers are trying to make themselves into this team that runs the football, controls the clock and shortens the game for their defense. 
They were just unable, you know, when you're behind, it's hard to play that way. It's hard to play that way. So I'm not going to take negatives away from the Bills. Allen threw two picks, and that's going to lead anybody uh, into a danger zone if you turn the football over, right? They turned it up. You lost the turnover battle two to one, and they still found a way to win and basically dominate a football game. Oh, and by the way, Stefan Diggs won that trash ba- ba- uh, talking battle because he scored on an on an up and under. Uh, I mean, on an, on an uh, out and out and go. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, Let, we we got your annoying in a second, but first, let's get to the list of the day. It's time for the list of the day. I'm on the list. Oh snap! Why didn't you say so? All right, Ole Miss uh, gives us. Let's get to number ten. Number ten. College football rankings, top ten. We should do twelve, maybe start next week because that's what the twelve-team playoff would look like in the future. Maybe we'll re- revamp this thing. But as of now, people like that top ten list. I'll keep Ole Miss in, even though they have the loss to LSU. Why? Because I think the SEC is in fact better. Everybody else has one loss. Some even have two. I'll give it to Ole Miss and put them at ten. Number nine, Oregon. Again, I don't think the Pac-12 is at the level of the other leagues. Oregon, you know, it was only Dan Lanning's first game when they got eviscerated by Georgia, his old club. But uh, uh, Oregon has beaten UCLA. That's their only loss of the year. Eventually a matchup with SC is coming. Put Oregon at nine. Number eight. SC. Soft schedule, good team, explosive offensively, crazy officiating. They were able to survive at Arizona. We'll put them at eight. Number seven. Weird to put Clemson behind other undefeated teams and one one-loss team, but you you watch Wake Forest lose this weekend, and you watch how Clemson struggled with Wake Forest, struggled with Syracuse, struggled with some other clubs. To, we haven't seen the Clemson is just better than most teams like we have in the past. Maybe we're having them try to live up to a uh, something that's not attainable, or maybe it's a sign that they're good but not great. Number six, TCU. Now, they've run the benefit of playing against a lot of backup quarterbacks. Uh, but that was a tough spot to play against West Virginia. A look behind and look ahead kind of game. And West Virginia, it's tough to play in Morgantown. And they didn't flinch. TCU at six. Number five, Bama. Still put Bama ahead of, of TCU. Uh, let's be honest, though, they didn't blow out Texas. They still beat them, though they they lost to Tennessee. It was on a last-second field goal. Bama may not be as good as they have been in the past, but they're still better than just most anybody. Bama at five. Number four. I'll put Ohio State. Um, they won, and the final score looked impressive against Penn State, and they're good, and their defense obviously dramatic improved. But I don't know. something that They do feel like those luck-eye teams that they just find a way I know they beat I beat the doors off Iowa the week before. I don't know. I think they're good. I don't know if they're um, at the Georgia and Tennessee level. Number three. Michigan. The fight afterwards was ugly, but part of it is they beat Michigan State in submission to where all Michigan State can do is fight because that's the only game they can win. Ohio State-Michigan will match up. That'll decide who comes out of the Big Ten. Number one. Well, we got number two first. Can I get number two? Number two. That's Georgia. We'll put Georgia the dogs at two, knowing they got a matchup coming with Tennessee, and that's our number one. Number one. Um, Hendon Hooker's really good. I know he's old, but it doesn't stop him from being really good. Other people have had older quarterbacks. 
He's a stud, and he's picking apart defenses, and they now believe they're that good. And yeah, Tennessee gets a little annoying, but if you've been bad for a while and you're suddenly good, you'd be pretty annoying too. Um, I'm sure Georgia has every bit the amount of arrogance. We'll put Tennessee as our number one team in the country. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, my favorite time of the show is right now when we point out. And now, it's your annoying. Jason Stewart, with the nominees, please. Oh, wow. There are a lot of suitable candidates coming off the weekend. Um, Let's get to NFL first. Get the NFL stuff out of the way, okay? Tyler Lockett um, and the Seahawks, right? Uh, They came off another big win. And Lockett said this in the locker room after the game. I think the biggest thing is it's amazing what we can accomplish when nobody cares who gets the credit. And, you know, of course, that took off on Twitter. Insiders, reporters, Seahawks fans were all, take that, Russell Wilson. Yeah, somebody said it or whatever. The annoying thing is Tyler Lockett, who we had at the Super Bowl and is a really cool kid. He says, uh, hey, people, settle down, he says on Twitter. People need to stop reaching on this. I've said this quote, quote like five or ten times since I've been in the league. Stop looking for a story and just let us enjoy our team. Do not throw rationale and reasonable thinking into this. I need you to rip on your former teammate. It's annoying to me that he had to clarify those comments. Tyler Lockett, you're annoying today. Okay. Um, I, I, I do think it's funny when, when it's, a, that it's a cliche sentence that everybody uses, then when he uses it, it automatically becomes about Russell Wilson. That's, that's fantastic. Uh, okay, okay. Speaking of, by the yeah. way, yeah. so... Remember last week with the whole high knees and the airplane yeah. thing? Well, yeah. Russell Wilson's like uh, really bad at socializing, and you could tell. This was a great moment, I thought. He comes off a win yesterday to like do some self-deprecating stuff, yeah. and he said a joke, but as everything that Russell Wilson says, it comes off wrong. So he's, he's asked about the last play, uh, the, the winning play of the game, and he says this. Yeah, I got I got a uh, high knees on that third down. We got one of those. I think I think uh, well, the guys are playing Uno. I think we we, we all have to. So um, so he says, if you didn't hear that, I was utilizing the high knees that I was working on that everyone made a big deal out of on the plane while everybody else was either sleeping or playing Uno. Maybe they should stop playing Uno next time and do high knees on the. It's like he can't even turn like a self-deprecating moment into a good joke. He again turns it on his teammates for not being awake on the plane on the way to England. Uh, okay, I saw. I, I I agree on some level, but I I, I I will disagree on on another. But that's okay. Uh, but I do think it's funny. It's how awkward he is, even when he's trying to be self-deprecating. N- no question. Um, okay. Uh, what else? You got one more for me, right? 
Lucas Giolito, a uh, former All-Star. He's a starter for the White Sox. Okay. For whatever reason, he went on John Boy Media. Um, yeah, I love John Boy. Yeah. And he was asked about all of the shit that Astros and Astros fans get for being cheaters. And this was his response. Based on everything I've heard, it was like all the teams that were in the postseason that year were like doing the same. So I think that's also kind of why like the players like kind of had that like half apology energy when they were like apologizing all this stuff because they probably knew like, man, like we got caught. Like everyone was kind of doing this stuff. Uh, no, no, not not everybody was cheating. Uh, the, the Yankees, who the Astros directly beat because of information given on those uh, on those pitches in the trash cans, they weren't cheating. There's been no proof of that. Uh, the Dodgers, who they beat in the World Series, that is, there's been no proof of using video. Um, two people were doing it, right? The Astros and then eventually the Red Sox because Cora left the Astros for the Red Sox. But the Astros are the only team that MLB or anybody else, any other reporting has has indicated was doing the cheating. So Lucas Giolito, the everybody was doing it card, that, that's not going to fly. You're annoying. Everyone was doing it is, is a really annoying thing. And any parent knows, every, you know, it's a really annoying thing as well. Ramos, you have anybody else you want to throw in? Because I have one more that, that, that is, is going to win. Okay. I don't have anybody. No, I mean those. Those are three. Those are three good ones right there. I would know who my pick is, but let's see what you are going to go with. Logan Paul. <laughs> Logan. Lo, Logan Paul. Now differentiate between Logan and Jake. Jake was the one who fought Saturday. Oh, was Jake who fought Saturday? Oh. <laughs> I thought Logan fought Saturday. I love it. I love the. I, which, I don't know which Paul. Which, which Paul uh, which Paul fought, fought Saturday? I thought it was Jake. Hold on a second. Let me uh, let me confirm. I thought you were like going to bring up his what his brother said or something. So Jake Paul no, beat Anderson Silva. Paul. Yeah. Okay. So Jake Paul. Okay. Jake Jake Paul. Like here's the thing. Okay. One, I, I uh, Anderson Silva is like I lost in strategy. I failed in strategy. He's 47 years old. And the 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 first thing is like these celebrity fights dressed up as box matches fight a boxer it, it does a disservice to the sweet science of boxing right to throw guys out there who who aren't and then the other part is the jake paul thing and the logan paul thing the body transformation is a little pronounced right i mean you go from being a uh, relatively normal looking dude to all of a sudden you look at so, again, some of the body transformation thing strikes me as okay. Something that's something is up here. Right. Um, I don't know, but I just, I, I get that they are successful. I still think that they're annoying just because you're making a bunch of money fighting these bullshit fights against non boxers or guys that are 47 years old or whatever. Like awesome. And to people like, well, you're a, you're a P you're going to not you're you step in the ring with him. I don't want to. Do you know why? Cause I'm not a boxer. I'm now, if you want to give me $5 million, I mean, I probably, I'd, I'd do it in a heartbeat and I would train for months on end, but it still wouldn't make me a boxer. And I have respect for the boxing community. So I wouldn't do that, but it's more the idea that there's people like six and oh, just knocked him out. Like, first of all, I, I, you know, I know enough people who watch the fight that are boxing people. They're like, 
can't fight, and the score is not indicative of what actually happened in the ring. So, Jake Paul, you're annoying. Um, who wins? God, I think Russell Wilson wins. What do you think, Ramos? Who would win in your case if you had a vote? Oh, I just think um, for me, Percy, the the whole continuing of the Astros, like they didn't do anything wrong. For me, Giolito is is the best one. But I can see where you're Russell Wilson trying to play funny off that whole thing, and it, and it just didn't catch anybody's funny bone. Giolito played for who? In didn't he play for the White Sox? Lucas Giolito. He's he? on the White Sox now. I think he may have been on the D backs back when no, he was Astros. on the White Sox in seventeen. He was on the Nationals in sixteen. So he oh, Nationals. Okay. Uh-huh. Came up with the Nationals organization, then went to the White Sox, and then uh, uh, became an all-star with the White Sox at 24 in 2019. So what he should have said was, honestly, he should have said, well, like, honestly, in 2017, I was 22 years old. I was just happy to be in the bigs, and I hope nobody stole my signs. But this whole, like, everybody was doing a thing, that is the, that, that's, that's annoying. That, that's annoying. Especially when they've done investigations into the entire league and all they've come up with is the Red Sox and the Astros and nobody else. You got to know more about your field. I think that's what you're getting at, right? And I don't give anybody a pass because everybody was doing it. It doesn't work when you're a parent. It doesn't work when you get pulled over by the cops. Hey, I was just keeping up with the, with the, with the flow of traffic. Yeah, that doesn't work. doesn't work in baseball. Lucas Giolito, and more importantly, the Astros fans who give their, their own team a pass because, quote-unquote, everybody was doing it. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. You're annoying. Actually, yeah, no! All right, let's get to the pick of the day. All right, we gave you our Monday Night Football pick on the radio show, so you don't necessarily need one there, the Battle of Ohio. So we go to the basketball uh, to, to basketball to find you the pick of the day. Um, the, the Clippers have not been good. There's really no other way to, to, to say it. They have not been good. They got beat twice last week by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Right? Matter of fact, they come in on a four-game losing streak after looking like the best team on earth. But they got outplayed, and they were shorthanded. And so, we, you know, you, know, you, you you have Marcus Morris sounding off, but you don't have Kawhi Leonard, who was sidelined for his third straight game. Um, John Wall is even having his minutes monitoring, and uh, I think Paul George was kind of under the weather. But th- they haven't looked focused. They haven't looked like they cared. Which brings us to tonight. They take on the Houston Rockets, who are a really young team. Obviously, kind of one of those, uh, we're in year two of the complete rebuild. And you would expect the Clippers to step up and play, especially considering the, the Rockets just played the Suns last night. They're on a four-game road swing. They've lost their first three. And now they're nine-and-a-half-point dogs. Nine-and-a-half-point dogs. Uh, I think this is a game in which uh, the, the Clippers find a way to win, but I think this is one in which the Rockets play really well and they cover. I like the Rockets. Nine a hook. Clippers haven't been playing well. Neither the Rockets. The Rockets aren't good, but the Clippers are all banged up, and I don't see them playing all their guys tonight after giving them a break. I think the Rockets cover the nine and a half. That's too many points for a young team that doesn't know any better than they just have to compete on a daily basis. All right, so there's our pick of the day. We got a pick of the day. We got the list of the day. You got the rant of the day. You got a little football talk. 
You got a little basketball talk. You got a little baseball talk. Um, what is, this is the biggest question I have for you, uh, Jason Stewart. What's the age where you can't go trick-or-treating anymore? I think, uh, I think once you're done with sixth grade, you should be banned from trick-or-treating. Sixth grade. Huh? Yeah. Six, 12 years old. Yeah. Yeah. My son's 13, but he looks really young. <laughs> oh, there you go. He's like, he's such a machine tonight. He's like, uh, he's got a, got a basketball workout this afternoon. He's like, okay, I'll get the basketball workout from 3.30 to 4.30. And then I'll get home and then I'll shower. And then I'll put on an outfit. And then I'm going to go and trick-or-treat like this region right here. Then this region right here. Then this region right here. Like to him, it's like, man, I can get how much candy? How much candy can I get? Him and one of his buddies. And they're just going to slay. They're just going to be like bags and bags and bags and bags of stuff. You know. Uh, but I generally agree with you. I, I think once... Once your voice changes, once it, once trick or treat becomes more of the, the baritone, that's when it kind of goes away. I was, I was a football player for most of my life because I always played football and we always had practice this time of year. I was a football player and during, during times of uh, trick or treat or tr- trick or treat. Ramos, what about you? When's it too, when's your, when are you too old? Um, I would say, and I see where Jason is coming from. Like, no no teenagers anymore. Once you get 12s, like the last year. I would give it up to, like, maybe sophomores in high school. Like, was that 15-year-olds? Sure. Yeah, 15 is a good, a good number. So I'd say 15. I think, I even think a high school senior, you know, because they just want to have a good time. I think Halloween for them it should be more about just, like, going out with their friends and having a good but, time. Maybe not well, so that's much. That's what they do. They go to their little parties. Yeah, party. More, not more of going to houses and getting candy from adults. Okay, but, so yeah. let's go back. What's the proper age? To I'll, I'll say 15. 15 to actually trick-or-treat, anything above that, it's party time. I think once you, as a boy, once you get that little teenage mustache, I think that's really good. <laughs> sometimes the teenage mustache comes early, sometimes it never comes, and that, that there basically is your... Last thought for, for the pod, and I could have started the show with this, but instead we'll end, end it. Um, we are basically halfway through most all these seasons, like, you know, some of the teams with the bye have only played seven, like the Bills. Other teams have played eight, like the Ravens and the Jets. And I think we're coming close to knowing uh, who's bad. But I, I, I don't discernibly know who's really all that good. Right? I mean, I, look, do I know the Bills are good? Yes. I think the Eagles are good. Do I think they're great? I, I, I don't. The Vikings are six and one. But does anybody, th- like, is anybody saying, like, you know, the Vikings are going to the Super Bowl? I think Eagles fans are starting to buy into the possibility of a Super Bowl. Bills fans, absolutely. But there's so much. And I think Chiefs fans are like, we're still pretty good. So water is kind of finding its level. Like, think about this. The leaders of the divisions, as of now, Bills, expected. Ravens, expected. Titans, expected. Chiefs, expected. Eagles, should be relatively expected, especially considering Dak didn't play a couple of the games. Vikings, unexpected. Um, NFC South is just a mess. Seahawks are super unexpected, but it's not like they're running away from people. Everybody is a game or two games back. So really, it hasn't been that surprising. The Jets started surprising. The Giants started surprising. And there's been some disappointing starts, Packers especially, that are and Steelers at two and six, which are surprising, especially historically. But I, I, it's, it's interesting that here we are halfway through, and I know there's 17 games, not 16, whatever. But So you're basically halfway through most of these seasons. And a lot of these teams in the middle, we just like don't, are they good? Are they bad? We don't really know. 
Don't really know. And whatever you think this week kind of changes next week. Weird, right? All right. Enjoy Monday Night Football. As I told you on radio, I like the Bengals. I know no Jamar Chase, but you know the, the, the Browns have injury issues of their own. If you can get it at two and a half, you'll feel much better than getting it at three or if you bought it earlier at three and a half. I like the Bengals. I just think they're better. On, if it was a Thursday night, I'd take the Browns playing at home, running the football, simplistic offense, whatever. But a Monday night, you give a team more time to prepare. I, I, I do. I, I like the Bengals in tonight's game. Enjoy the Monday Night Football. Back tomorrow. This is In the Bonus, and I'm Doug Gottlieb. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at First first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.